Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Samantha's mad. We're in a fight. Our first fight. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, no, I'm not mad, but I'm excited to be back for Fruit of the Spirit. Yes, our third week uh, for the Spirit. And we're excited that you've joined us again this week talking about peace. So Peace. We could all use a little more peace, right? I mean, we could all use a little bit more of all of these Fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, peace and love. Yeah. So we have a very, very, very special guest on the podcast. Probably our, to me, our second most special after my husband. And this is the woman that birthed my husband, guys. Ooh, <laughs> That's oh. such a weird saying. Yeah, that is so awkward. My mother-in-law. <laughs> The woman who birthed Justin wow. Miller, Gayla Miller, everyone. Yeah. That hopefully gives everyone a visual. <laughs> yes, just the visual we want to start out with. <laughs> no, no, no. Way if to you break guys, the ice. Yes. No, if you guys know anything about Gayla, we are excited to have her on because she, I mean, if you know her, you probably look up to her in some way because a lot of people look up to you. And so we're excited to get time with you this morning and just talk to you about peace. But yes. yeah, it's a fun little relationship. Gayla mentored me for a time and obviously Samantha and her our family. So yeah, yeah people combo. ask me about our relationship a lot. I don't know if people ever ask you that with you being the mother-in-law, but I think so many girls my age love getting time with you and just love you and you love on everyone in Columbia so well and around you that people are curious, like, what's it like with the mother and daughter-in-law relationship? And it really is funny because we do have such a great friendship. And I just think that's so rare for a mother and daughter-in-law. I was Close enough that you were even going to prank her this morning. I was going to prank her and get on and be like, we've had a very tumultuous relationship. We (laughs) went a period of time without speaking, but just see her reaction. But no, we've really had a, it's just a gift to have a mother-in-law who's my friend. So It's been such a gift to me, Samantha. Yeah. I tell people that all the time, that you are truly one of my best friends. Yeah. And yeah, I never really anticipated that. I hoped for that. I prayed for my daughter-in-laws. I'm praying for that son-in-law that that hopefully I will have one day. But gosh, when your boys are really little and you hear these kind of stories of that mother-in-law relationship and I was praying for you, you know, that's what's so sweet to me is that as a young mom, I was praying for you and yeah, God has just been really kind to us in our relationship. Yeah. So, but thank you guys so much for having me on today. I, gosh, when you asked me to come and speak about peace or just talk to you about my experience with peace, I just want to say thank you, Lord, for that being an evident fruit in my life and that you would have me to come and all of us to just learn from one another today is really a gift to me. So, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, with these Fruit of the Spirit conversations, we wanted to bring on a few guests because as we were brainstorming this series and just talking about why we wanted to kind of dive into these fruit aspects of just how we grow in a relationship with Jesus, a few people came to mind of you know, these people really exemplify these certain aspects of fruit. And so Gala was our peace one. And so we will kind of tell you more about how that has come about. But we are excited to dive in with her and just learn from you of what God has taught you. So it's really awesome. We want to start each series or each episode just going through back to Galatians 5. So I'm going to read that real fast before we dive in. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
So this is, again, we are diving into all these fruit as aspects of God's character that as we abide and remain with him, we grow in these aspects. But want to break that down each week and dive into what that looks like in our lives and how do we grow in those specific fruits. Mm -hmm. So I love that we're breaking them down, too, because sometimes when you're wanting to grow in a specific thing, it helps to be able to identify what that looks like in real life. So we talk a lot about practical examples, but sometimes it's not something you can like put your finger on of, oh, that's what having more peace in my life would look like or feel like. Or sometimes I'm even like, well, do I have peace in my life? What could that be? And so to be able to look at someone else's life where that's clear from an outsider perspective and then look at, well, you know, what do you do in your life that brings that about, I think is really important. And we've already talked about in opening episodes where, you know, if we're struggling in one of these areas, it's not just this magic thing that I can fix. Like I want to wake up and I need to work on patience. So what can I do to bring more patience into my life? It's like, no, I need more Jesus. And that brings me to these characteristics. So I'm excited to like think about Gayla's life. And also what a cool thing to say about a mother-in-law that you exemplify peace. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's an awesome one. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we are also bringing in interviews where we're like, Ooh, let's bring in someone else to talk about these yes. things because maybe you and I aren't oh, as no, good. no, no, no. But anyways, but yeah, let's just jump right in because yeah. we want you guys to learn a little bit from Gayla and just yeah, her life. So tell us about you. Tell us about your family, just kind of your life and hobbies. Tell us about you so people get to know you. Well, my name is Gayla Miller. I have been married to Rich for 31 years. Justin is 30. He's our oldest. He's married to your co-host here for going there, Samantha. And they have two children. So Emerson, their oldest, is who made me a Gigi. So that is a very special relationship that I have with her. She was the only grandchild for four years. And so, yeah, she's definitely just holds this incredibly special place in my heart. And our second son, Skip, he is married to my other daughter in love. Her name is Bailey. And she also is just one of my best friends. I've just been really, really grateful for the relationship that I have with my daughter and loves, I call them, because I do love them so much. And they have a little girl, Charlie. Did I say James a no, second ago? No, but that's okay. That people know about James. Yeah. So <laughs> Emerson and James. Yeah. And then Skippin and Bailey have Charlie, and she's 10 months old and just has brought us so much joy. And then our daughter, Sophie. She is a sophomore at Baylor University, and uh, she's just having a great experience there. So go Baylor, go Bears, and shout out to Chip and Joanna Gaines, who are really making Waco a beautiful place. Yeah. So I asked you recently about Waco, and this is not no hate on anyone who went to Baylor or Waco, but you were like, it's really like other than Magnolia, there's not much to Waco. And yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, other than Baylor University and then and then what Chip and Joanna Gaines really are doing to it is really cool. I but feel the, like they are starting to like revive it a little bit. Like there's tons of other good restaurants and like, you know, eateries of different sorts. Oh, you for know? sure. So I'm like maybe it's starting to get revived. Oh, right? for sure. I mean, Rich and I get so excited to go and eat. Yes. In Waco. Yeah. So yeah. They have it's, better it's, eating I gotta get options there than Columbia. Year. For Hopefully sure. this yeah. year I'll get to go visit. Yes. yes. Yep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We gotta do a little family trip down. So I've been a stay-at-home mom for 30 years, and I just now I'm entering into this empty nest phase of life and trying to figure out what that's going to look like apart from continuing to do what I have done. And, and truthfully, it has been such a privilege and a joy to love my family. It's just been the greatest joy of my life. So 
apart from that, it'll be interesting to see what this next phase of life brings me. Hobbies, you know, that's an interesting one. I've never stuck with something long enough to maybe consider it to be an actual hobby. I think I collect supplies. If you looked at my storage room, you might think I was a scrapbooker or I thought about getting into pottery. Thankfully, I did not buy all the supplies because they're expensive. I tried it once. Every bowl I tried to make. We still have to do our pottery class I got you for your birthday two years ago that we never took. Well, I know. (laughs) She hated the gift. Yeah. No, (laughs) I loved the gift. We've got to carve out the time. But yeah. So, but I would say if drinking coffee with friends and getting to know people and just getting to encourage one another is a hobby, then yeah, that's definitely You're very good at that. Yeah. And something too that I think is worth mentioning, you've been a stay-at-home mom for 30 years, but throughout, we won't get into everything you've done in those years, but you have always been a Bible teacher, someone that, and I don't know if you would call yourself that, but you were, you know, and you've always been mentoring many, many, many younger women in different seasons. And you've always either been leading Bible studies or just like fostering relationships between younger girls in your home and in our community in general. At times that's looked like leading a Bible study of hundreds of women. And then there's times where there's three girls at your couch every week. And so that's really something that a lot of people in the community look up to you for and like want to learn under you and just learn from you. So that's Mm -hmm. why we thought you'd be great for this too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you've taught a lot of people a lot of awesome things. So <laughs> I hope you guys are already wow. hearing that. And even just how I love one thing I love about you is just that every time you talk and every time people ask you about you, you always point it back to Jesus and his work in your life. And I think that is something that, yeah, just is inspir- like inspirational to me in my walk with Jesus that, yeah, it's not wrong to obviously compliment people and give people credit for where it's due. But I just think it's really cool that you always just push it back to him, that you do understand that all of those gifts are from him. And I love that, that you just, yeah, speak boldly and proudly about those things. So well, we could talk all day, just girl talk. Maybe we do need to have her on for just a girl talk episode. But let's jump into peace. And as we kind of think about the fruit of the spirit and peace, how is it really talked about in the Bible? Because I was reflecting on this And there's a lot of peace pushing in our world of offering us, this is what would bring peace. This is how you achieve peace, whether that's through meditation or through some inspirational words on a Peloton ride. But how does the Bible describe peace to us? Yeah, isn't that so true, Samantha, what you just said? If you were to sit around a table with a group of people, so many people would define peace differently, how to gain peace, how to experience peace, but probably none more distinctly than between a believer and a non-believer. I mean, Jesus told his disciples, he said, I give you peace, my peace I leave you, and my peace different than that of the world. The world just will promise us peace in so many different ways, but it's it's all more of a temporal peace. And the peace of the Bible is that an eternal peace a peace that we can truly anchor our hearts to and find rest. In the Old Testament, peace is spoken about the word shalom, a Hebrew word, meaning completeness, unity, wholeness, a well-being. And we don't have to look past too many pages of Scripture to see shalom lived out in the garden where Adam and Eve are experienced this perfect shalom, this perfect connectedness with the Father, and they are experienced that perfect unity and connectedness, that oneness, that sense of well-being with one another. 
But we all know what happens. The sin enters the world there just in chapter three. It didn't take long. And so we experience this separated, this disconnect from the Father, but also from one another. And in the New Testament, peace is seen in the word reconciliation, a Greek word meaning reconciliation. And Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, and who says, I am peace. I mean, he's qualified to say that <laughs> because he is the one. God, in his grace, gave us the Savior so that we could have reconciliation and amending a repair with our Father, but also a repair in relationship with one another. And so, this peace that God gives us in the Bible brings us reconciliation to the Father. It brings reconciliation to our earthly relationships, but it also brings a peace through the Holy Spirit that comes to live in us and reside. Hmm. I'm like, can Gosh. we just wrap it up? <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you guys didn't just feel, even as those words are spoken over us, if you didn't just feel your whole body like melt into just the peace of what that presence is. I think it's just so beautiful that as we abide, as we remain in Christ and learning more about him, that we do get to experience these fruit. And that, I mean, I'm just like everything you said, I'm like, I want to unpack so much of that because I'm like, yeah, we also in our earthly being, just how God created us, crave peace. If that is in a worldly sense, people who don't know Jesus, they're trying to search for something that like they're searching for it because God created them to search for that. And they're trying to appease that with, you know, meditation or, you know, Clearing Working their out schedule in ways more. Or, yes. yeah. And I'm like, in just listening to you talk about how the Bible describes peace, that he is peace, that he gives us peace, is just, yeah, I love that. I think it's interesting, too, because and one of the next questions, but you kind of talked about it, too, and we can unpack it more, is like how, okay, so yes, and then how in our daily lives can the Holy Spirit bring us peace? And I can't think of the reference, maybe one of you know, but the verse where it talks about peace that passes all understanding. I remember reading that as a kid or maybe hearing that in a song and not understanding what that meant, but then being in some of the hardest, darkest days and feeling this overwhelming sense of peace that truly, like you cannot explain it, you can't really even understand it, but remembering that there were people praying over that time or that God had just entered, the Holy Spirit was with me in that time, and there really is just this unfathomable peace that you can receive when, first of all, I think we have to be willing to let that in through the Holy Spirit because oftentimes we try to create that peace like we were talking about and we leave the Holy Spirit out from working that into our lives. So anything else you have to add about that with just how can we be open to this peace? Well, I think first of all is, let me say it this way, Samantha, first of all, you said something, you have experienced it and I have witnessed it in you. I stood there next to your hospital bed not long ago and you've shared your story here on the podcast. And I remember telling you that day, you just never really cease to amaze me. Now, when I'm saying that, I also said to you, I know where that's coming from. So you have experienced, I have witnessed. And we all have witnessed this kind of peace in other people. And we can talk about that in, in a moment. But 
There are so many things that could be said about peace. There are so many passages of scripture that we could talk about today. But I just kind of want to share my story and my journey in peace. And it was after Sophie was born, and I had been following Christ for quite some time at at that point, and I had this restless heart. I felt as if the Lord wanted to teach me to rest. Nothing of a physical rest. (laughs) We were in one of the busiest seasons of our life, but a greater rest, one that I think that we all are longing for. And I remember just holding my baby at that time. And for me, night feedings were always, I know this sounds crazy, but night feedings were always one of my favorite times just because the house was so quiet and you could just hear that sucking sound and you could hear their breath. And, oh, I just loved that. And and I would feed the baby and Sophie at this particular time, but I can remember this with each of my children. And, and just after their needs were met... And they were just there tucked into my arm. They would just go into this place of what I will almost call abandon. And those arms would just go limp and that head back and that mouth open. And I would, I hope this doesn't sound weird, but I'd like literally stick my nose practically in their mouth because I loved the smell of baby breath. And I just like, oh, I just loved that breath of my children. But it was like this full abandon. And I remember it was just as if like the Lord was speaking to me and saying to me, Gayla, I long for you to feel this abandon and this surrender with me. All the things that you cling so tightly to in control, would you trust me? Would you just open your hands and would you trust me? Now that did not happen magically in a day. But I feel that I've been on this journey since that time of learning more and more of how to just trust the Father. Because I think ultimately with all of these things that we're talking about, all the fruit of the Spirit, we kind of want this formula. I think it's maybe just how we're created. We think that we need to have a step-by-step formula. You know, maybe it's I'm not doing enough spiritual disciplines. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. I need to incorporate more of this or that. And I think God is not trying to make it that complicated for us. I think ultimately he wants to know, do we trust him? Do we trust his character and his promises? Do we ultimately trust the person and work of Jesus Christ? Do we trust that he has given us this Holy Spirit? Do we trust that he gave us peace, that he leaves us peace? Do we trust that we have a new identity? Do we trust that we are loved and we are known and that we were chosen, that we were adopted, that he sees us and that he knows us? Do we trust that his righteousness covers us and that we can walk in this freedom? I think, Christian, I don't even know what to say because that is just, I mean— taking all of that right there, I'm hoping that those words are, like you just said earlier, just like filling you up as you're listening to this, because that's it. I mean, that is peace. Like we could, like you said, we could go through so many tangents of what could be peaceful and what that could look like. And 
I mean, if we can't get to that first in our hearts, then none of the practicals, nothing else is going to ever come to fruition that will really change our daily life. It could maybe for a season or for, you know, new habits that eventually fall off. But that's just so great that like we could experience that. And we can also ask God to help us understand and give us that view too. Yes. In fact, I say these little prayers many times throughout my day. I mean, my goodness, I can't tell you how many times I've said it in the last 24 hours. I mean, Justin asked me a month ago, mom, are you nervous to be on Samantha and Christian's podcast? No, Justin, I'm not nervous. Like these are my dear friends. I love them so much. I'm not nervous. Well, let me just tell you, yesterday was a whole new day and I had more anxiety than I could even tell you about. By last night, I was like, oh, maybe tomorrow I'll wake up like with the flu or something. I don't know, like a good excuse <laughs> You're not to go. for it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Rich, last night, I just said, gosh, I just got to be really honest, Rich. I am really struggling. Like, I'm really nervous. And he's like, you know, took me through the husband. I, I can fix everything comments. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they actually were helpful just in remembering. But the little prayers of, God, help me trust you. God, you, you know, just even today on the way, as, as I was so nervous to be here, and God, help me trust you, that I know that you say you never will never leave me or forsake me. You say that as I ask, God, that the Holy Spirit will help me to remember. I mean, you start losing your estrogen. Let me tell you, you start losing your your memory. I mean, I was afraid the words that I actually like really know might not come to memory today. But, you know, God, you say, and so I trust you. Help me, help me to trust you. And I want to say that too with our with our relationships. Do we trust God with us? Do we trust God with those we love? So many times I'll say, God, I I know that you love my children or my husband or whoever. You love them more than I do. I can't comprehend that, but I know that you do. And I trust you. I trust that you are working in their life. It allows me to just open up my hands and not feel this need for this control, which only produces more anxiety in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As I was like preparing for this conversation, just like praying about peace, this kind of like phrase kept coming to mind that like peace that reflects the presence of God's spirit that I think everything you're describing there is that I want to like call to like you are referencing all of these things that you know that are true about God. And it's so convicting to me that I'm like, if I am ever in a place that I don't feel at peace, like, do I know those characteristics of God? Do I know the truth that I can point back to, to say, no, but he is this and he is this. And so I can trust his character and I can be at peace because he gives me peace. He leaves me peace and he like calls me into peace with him. And so I think that's so beautiful. I love the aspects of peace because you see throughout the Bible, so many different types of peace that in all of those ways, like, yeah, he gives it to us. He leaves us with it. He then calls us into peace, like you're talking about with relationships. And I think, though, like we have to know that stuff, though, 
to like be able to recall those when we are finite people, when we are people who forget it, when we are people who still grasp onto control, even in after all of your years of walking with him, we are not perfect people and we're never going to come into this piece. But you know those things about his character. So you can recall those things and you can pull that truth out of lies that you can start to believe. And I love that. And it's convicting for me and challenging for me. You know, Paul in I mean, he's sitting in prison and he's he's talking about this peace that passes human understanding. And then he says to uh, the church of Philippi, he says, you know, what you have seen in me, like learn from me, remember the things that I have said and and the things that you have seen in me, like this peace that you see in me, even in my circumstances, the peace that you have witnessed in me, follow that, like learn from that, follow that example. and. Oh, you guys, dear, dear, like my dearest friends, she led me to this relationship with Christ many, many years ago. And after just kind of more stepping into my life as this mentor leader, she's just become my dearest friend. And and so we have walked life together. And we've always said to each other, like, what do we know to be true? And we just kind of have this saying, God is sovereign. God is good and he loves me. And throughout miscarriages and and disappointments and, you know, just what you might consider to be more just daily issues to great devastation. And I'll, I'll just point to that in one second. But we have had these things that, like you said, Christian, what do I know to be true? Like, what can I anchor my heart to? And it was a day just out of the blue absolutely no warning. And I get a phone call and her husband died so unexpectedly. And within just 30 minutes, all of our family and all of her family and we're gathered around this room in her home and devastated. I mean, just completely devastated at the loss that this family was experiencing, that we were experiencing. I just didn't even know how, like, how was I going to watch, like, her, how was I even going to walk through this with her? I, I just was so completely overwhelming. And she looked at me and she said, Gayla, what do we know to be true? That moment, like, what can I anchor my heart to? And I s- sat just a few days later, just behind her at the funeral, and in her right hand and to her right side was her children and her grandchildren and grandchildren on her laps and this hand extended out and arm around a child and yet her left hand during praise and worship songs was raised like my right hand is so 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 sad by the circumstances and overwhelmed by what life is going to look like but yet my other hand is raised in like this knowing that God, you are sovereign. You are good. You love me. And you are not going to leave me and nor forsake me. You will give me everything that I need during this time. And it, here she was, this, you know, mentor in my life. And I think of her as like Paul in this time where he's saying like, I'm sitting in prison in these circumstances, yet I have this peace that passes all human comprehension. Like, watch me and learn from me and see what 
what that peace of Christ looks like. And that day, I mean, my friend had taught me for 20 years, but never did she teach me more than that moment. Like these things that she has taught, they are true. Christian and I are both emotional from that, but okay, so... I want to go back to, and I'm like, I'm taking all of that in. Sometimes it's hard on a podcast because I just want to sit, but we got to keep talking or else right. people are going to get bored. Right. Sorry. Um, and no. that story might have been no, a long story. So oh my gosh. No. Are you kidding me? No. I, I know so many people. We also have to have her on. I'm like, why? Yeah, she's got to come on. But I want to go back to where you talked about a while ago. You mentioned that you, when you were feeling this tug on your heart that you needed to learn this piece and this rest, that it wasn't this physical rest. And I just wanted to say, because even the way you teach, I've always loved, it's so calming and it's so peaceful. And I want to like make sure people know like your day to day isn't always this like you're not sitting on your porch for eight hours a day, like sipping coffee and listening to the birds. Like you, you do <laughs> no, that. I long for that. <laughs> but but our, our life as a family, we're not like subtle people. Let me just no. put it that way. If no. you guys think I like to talk, like get us all in a room. Yeah. And, like we don't, we're loud, we're obnoxious. Yes. I mean, you have so many daily stresses in and out of your life. You're involved in so many things. You're There's been hardships that each one of us as children of yours have like walked through that you've taken on that burden. And, you know, so I just wanted to say that, too, that there is such a difference in this, like, you're not saying all of this out of just this perfect, peaceful, outwardly peaceful life. It's this state of the heart. And I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that if they don't know you, like, in fact, in a lot of ways, your life is really chaotic, you know. And so that should be hopefully encouraging and inspiring if you're like, well, all of this sounds great, but I'm, I feel like my head is on a swivel. I have three or four kids and I'm running around constantly every day and I'm meeting all these emotional needs and I'm trying to be connected with my husband and I'm trying to have a friendship and like all these things. And you're like, I can't have peace. It's like, no, it's a state of the heart. It's not a state of your circumstances or your day to day. And so I wanted to say that. And then did you have something you wanted to say? Well, I mean, we didn't plan all of this. No, obviously God's at work. And so like, I just want to go back to the illustration that you said, though, with your friend who's sitting at her husband's funeral, not expected. She has one hand off to her right, you know, holding like horizontally to her family and one hand like reached up. I'm going to cry again. But I'm like, I think it's so cool because about all of the fruit of the spirit, we talk about how, you know, we gain these aspects of these characteristics of Christ as we abide and remain. And sometimes I think we talk a lot about that. Like the only thing you have to do is abide and remain. But peace is one of those that Paul talks a lot about, that he talks about, yes, vertically, I have peace because the Holy Spirit is in me. And you are going to see that displayed in my life because of him. But then horizontally, he calls us into like make every effort for peace. And so I think that's what's interesting about the peace fruit because we are called into action, which maybe that's maybe it's turning into my favorite one because I want like action steps. But I'm like, I think that's so interesting because even in that example, she horizontally is extending peace and trying for peace and making effort for peace. But vertically, she is saying like, no, God, you are my peace. Mm. This is the only place Mm. I receive it from. So well said. So like, how do you explain that? Like, Samantha and I, we're obviously in different life stages, but like, how do you encourage someone and what does striving for peace with others look like in a world that feels really chaotic, even just with our schedules, but also in relationships? Well, in our brokenness, God extends his grace. And grace will always 
proceed. Peace. Always. Paul, in his letters, I don't know if every time, but I would guess to say the majority of times, says, grace and peace be to you. Grace and peace. Because he knew we needed it. I'm going to start saying that as my, like, as I sit down at a coffee with a friend, grace and peace to you. Yeah, grace and peace be to you. Yeah. Yeah, what a beautiful greeting, right? And in fact, as you say that, Samantha, like, I wonder what it might be like if when people entered our home, it might be a little odd if we started like, you know, grace and peace be to you. Oh, woo. But what if our attitude was that of grace and peace be to you? What if when our spouses walked through the door or our children walked through the door, um, what if our attitude was that? Grace and peace be to you. Because God, in his grace, gave us a Savior that provided the reconciliation that we need to take it back to where we originally started. And so again, we're always going to find that all peace finds its foundation in this grace. So when we're talking about peace with others, we have to lead with grace. It takes me back to the conversation. If you guys listen to our episode, I'm not wrong, just different. It took me back to that place because how quickly I am so often to judge out of a place of no grace when that's not my place to give. And that if it really, if I acted on, you know, my job is to extend grace and peace to this person, then like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not wrong. It's just different. And that took me back to that conversation that we had of just not putting myself in a place that I don't rightfully mm. need to be. And Paul, when he's writing that, you know, it's interesting because, and we won't go off on this tangent too much, but he starts off that way. He does come in and say some hard things and calls out the way that they're behaving in their church and how they're acting wrongly and how they're living in a way that isn't bringing that grace and peace. So he has that correction, but that's how he starts. And I love that. I love that image. But just to kind of jump us ahead, because I want to get to talk about something that I know you're so passionate about. And I just remember meeting you and you oh, just thinking back to like where your ministry was, I don't know, I guess eight or almost maybe nine years ago when I met you and to get to see where it is now. But you have a ministry called Creating Refuge, which I love the idea of like peace and refuge together. And you've kind of given little examples of what the heart of that is with the way that we want to cultivate this home of peace with our husbands and our children, anyone that walks in. But go into a deep dive about Creating Refuge. Tell everyone what it is. And then that will help us draw out some practical ways that we can bring peace into our lives. Well, I was sitting in a hotel room several years ago. My kiddos were much smaller. And I was looking across this highway. And there were these beautiful, beautiful homes. And they had so much character on the outside. And I was just admiring that. I like architecture. I love design. And so my eye was just kind of taking some of the things that I could see about these old homes and I was admiring them. And as I was thinking so much character on the outside, it was if this prompting in my heart said, yes, so much character on the outside, yet lacking so much character on the inside. And I'm calling you to build homes of refuge. Now, I had no idea what that meant, but I came home and I it was enough of a burden on my heart that I felt like, you know what, I'm not going to let this kind of thing die. I wrote it down and called some people together and asked them to pray and didn't know really what 
this meant, but would you just pray for it? And really creating refuge has just been the journey of my life and what I feel God has taught me personally in the last, I would say, 15 to 17 years, somewhere in there. So that is how Creating Refuge was born. I invited some girls probably about eight years ago into my home, four women, and I said, I would just like to take some of the concepts that I believe God is teaching me, and I would like to just sit around our my kitchen table and drink coffee and talk about these things. And we went through the first year, and they said, let's do that again. And we went through a second year, and they said, let's do that again. And the third year, the church had kind of gotten wind of that and asked if I would come and, and do that at the church. And, and I did. And I didn't know if it would translate into that bigger room, but it did. And it was just a, a great season of life. And then COVID happened, and I just have felt like I wanted to put Creating Refuge in a more professional, I'll use that word, form. And so that is what I have been doing. And now we're about to a place where we're going to make that available to more people outside of Columbia, if that's what's desired. And so, yeah, you know, it's just so interesting, though, that when God laid this on my heart, it was like, we're going to start with your own home, Kayla. And the first thing that I want to teach you is how to rest. And so that has really been like this journey, and it's really kind of the heartbeat of creating refuge, is how do we create homes of of rest? So in creating refuge, Christian and I, I got to take it the first year, and it was really cool. You basically got to be in a group of women. We were all different ages. I had just had, I remember Emerson was born halfway through it, so I would bring her like the second half. And then Christian got to do it the second time around that got cut short halfway through because of COVID and the shutdown. But I wanted to just give a little more context. You you teach on these concepts like peace and the kind of the inward heart on what God wants to do in your life. But then something really cool about it, which if you just heard this stuff, I think you'd be like, what kind of Bible study is that? But you get to share these really practical things. So we talk through like organizing your home, learning the art of like, a clean kitchen sink, which I like, I've seen more and more of that on the internet lately on Instagram. It's like, wow, what that can do when you walk into your kitchen to start a really busy day and things are already like put in place. And as moms, most of us already know, like, okay, picking up the house before you go to bed just brings this like sense of peace. It really does help you kind of be in that place. And so we talk about all kinds of things like organizing your room, decluttering, you know, whether that's how do you like have some meals in your back pocket for hosting and bringing people in. So those really cool practical things can also go along with the way that God's growing and working in our heart. I wanted to kind of paint that picture for people too. Yeah, you teach tons of what I like today. It's like I learned tons of like patterns and rhythms and best practices for how to create refuge in my home so that I can like readily be available for when God calls me into loving on people. Like that's what I felt like it was. I was like, I feel like I am more equipped to say yes when God is asking me to say yes, you know, which like we should always, always say yes. But in our humanness, we're like, oh, I'm not ready or I'm not prepared or I don't feel good about that. And you were so good at teaching other women 
how do we create places of refuge where people can come in, be vulnerable, learn about Jesus, ultimately? I remember when it first started and I was taking the class and it's almost like I didn't know how to explain to people what it was yet, but I was telling someone, I can't even remember who it was, but I remember someone being like, yeah, I thought about doing that one. And then I th- I thought, oh, like a Bible study about organizing. And I was like, well, that's really not it. But like, yeah, like I don't know how to explain yeah. to you. It's so much more than that. And so, yeah. Anyways, if you have anything to add, but. Yeah, well, you know, that's funny. It's you say a Bible study about organizing, but really, truly, it is about organizing. It's about bringing order to our heart and building a foundation for our hearts to stand on that is firm <laughs> and worthy of anchoring our hearts too. And so, yes, but the thing that I do love about creating refuge is that we talk about the spiritual and the emotional side, but we also talk about that practical side. And as women, we just love to talk about the practical things of life. Right. I mean, I love sharing my newest and greatest lip gloss. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's fun to just talk about practical things. And so we're human for crying out loud. That's why we exactly, (laughs) exactly. So, but yeah, yeah. so walk us through some of those practicals though. Like, well, how are you, obviously we see you as a peaceful person. We, you know, I'm sure other people would say that too, but again, going back to the beginning of this, we were like, yes, we need to bring Gayla on to talk about peace, but talk us through like, what are some of those real life? Like, how do you actually practice peace? You know, that could be like tangible things or like mentally, where do you get with God every day to practice out this piece? Okay. Many. <laughs> many. I, I think there's many. Go through But on. I'm going to give you three. Okay. 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 Amazing. Good. One, be consumed with the grace that God has given you. Like, just be consumed with it. Like, I just don't think in a lifetime we can just get over this grace that God has just poured out on us, like daily, something we are so unworthy of. And so I just want to like be consumed by the grace that he's poured out on me so that I can have a heart of grace to pour out on others. Cultivate grace in your home. Stir it up. It will produce peace. I want people when they come into my house to feel like, man, I can be fully known here and fully loved. I have nothing to hide in this space because I am loved because I'm loved, because I'm loved, because I'm loved here. That's super important to me. Number two, declutter. Declutter your heart and mind, number one. You guys, we've just believed way too many lies. Too many lies about God. Too many lies about ourselves. So seek the truth. Who are you, Lord? You open the Bible, just ask him, who are you, Lord? I mean, I think sometimes we get so like overwhelmed by reading the Bible and and what's the right way and how do I do it? And the Bible is just God's love letter to us. I mean, he is just showing you, this is who I am. So open it up and just ask him, God, show me who you are. Start just looking for his character and his promises. It'll change your life. And believe and trust him for who he says you are. We have a whole new identity in Christ. When we start walking in that identity and not letting the world and others define us, changes our life. It frees us up 
frees us up to love other people in a way maybe we've never even experienced. I don't need to feel threatened by other women who are doing things really, really well. You know what's really cool is that as community, we get to come alongside like we need each other. Girls, I need you. Samantha, I need you as my daughter-in-law, my daughter-in-love. Christian, I need you as a friend. Like God has put us in one another's lives because we we need each other. You have something to give to me and I have something to give to you. We were just in Napa last week and outside of our hotel was this little vineyard and Rich and I a couple mornings had, a, had the opportunity to walk up and and I observed something. So here, here's this vine, then you have the branches, and then off the branches, you've got this fruit that's growing. And, and what was interesting is when we actually went to some of the wineries, they would have you pick this fruit, and the fruit of different kinds of wines actually like taste different. Now, from the outside, it didn't look any different, but when they had you taste it, it was like, oh yeah, that does, that tastes different. And then as I'm walking through this like vineyard, and you'll see why gardening was my hobby for two years when I start talking about this, because I really have no idea what I'm saying, but there's stakes in the ground. And then there's like this hard wire that like goes from one stake to the next, but kind of weaves its way through these vines and these branches. And these branches are like on top, kind of like holding on to this wire. And so we know from John 15, where God says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If I remain in you and you in me, you will bear much fruit. And I'm looking at this and I'm like getting this visual like I've never really had of like this vine and these branches and these branches are, they're not doing anything and they're just holding on to to the vine. And then they're like bearing this beautiful fruit. But the part that became just like so clear to me was that this, this branch is like draped over. Jesus says that God is the gardener. And I almost like pictured this gardener placing this vine up on this, this wire so that it can grow this beautiful fruit without hanging on the ground and like this fruit rotting. And this vine, like actually as it grew, kind of wrapped itself around this wire. And I, I thought to myself, this wire is like the community. Like we need each other. We hold each other up. And so seek out community. Seek out friendship. Spend time with one another. And then don't be threatened by someone. Learn from them. Realize that I don't need to be jealous of you. Like, let me just like actually kind of lean on you and and wrap myself around you a bit that I could learn from you. And lastly, I'm going to say one more thing. Find time to be still. And this is probably the greatest burden I have for the generations behind me, you girls know this, but I don't do social media. 
I have a Facebook page just because when Justin turned 15 and wanted Facebook, I figured, well, I probably ought to get one too. But if you look at it, I probably look 30 in my Facebook page because I don't put anything on there. I think you have your anniversary picture from like five years ago on there. Oh, okay. Well, you probably are the one who put it there. (laughs) So anyway, find time to be still. And when I say that, I just mean time to let your mind just reflect and not have something that's feeding it. Do you know what I'm saying? Put the phone aside just a few minutes a day to say, thank you, Lord. (laughs) I'm like in such a place of, I'm even just listening to your story. I've known your story, obviously. I've heard all the things that you've said today before, but I just even love how God has like obviously planned and prepared for this conversation even before what we could have done for it. And I just think it's so cool that even in your story, God's peace has been displayed in just his faithfulness to you in your life that even sitting in the hotel room, you get this calling for creating refuge. You're like, I have no clue what it means, but can you guys be praying? And you're just at peace with, I mean, talk about back to Samantha mentioned like Philippians 4, 6, you know, the peace that transcends all understanding. You're like, I don't understand this, but can you just like be praying? I don't know. And then you get this, you know, calling into like as a new mom, you're just like, I think I'm being called to rest. I have no clue what that looks like. I'm just going to sit in that though. And so I just think this theme of peace has obviously been a large, large aspect of what Christ has done in you and exemplified through you for other people to see. And that's just such a gift, honestly, to me and I know to so many others. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we'll have to have her on. We've we've wanted to have you on for a long time. It's evident to me why it waited and it was for this episode, but now it's just like, well, we need to have you on again. So I appreciate you being bold to continue in what you're feeling called to do because I know sometimes that's harder for you to feel equipped or ready to just jump into what you feel like God's calling you to. So I'm thankful you've done that. And just really quick, you know, you kind of mentioned without giving too much away, maybe that people could have access to more of this like Bible study that you have material for. So for in the future, where could people find more information or find you? Well, you could go to, we at this point just to have a homepage website is being developed, but you could go to the homepage of creatingrefuge.com and leave your email. And if you do so, then just as soon as materials are available, you will be the first to know that. Yeah, we're excited yeah. for that. And maybe Thank we'll have you, you back on and in the future to talk about that. Because she's not on there, <laughs> but she does have a Facebook yeah, page. Don't, don't reach her. If you want access to her, yeah. at, reach out to me and I'll give you her number or something. <laughs> there you go. I would be happy for anyone to have my number. Yeah. yeah. But guys, that we hope that wonderful. you, yeah, we hope that this has encouraged you just to like think about peace in your life. Think about what that looks like in abiding with Christ, but also horizontally what that looks like to pursue peace with others and our relationships with them out of what Christ gives us. So we hope that this encouraged you. And thank you so much, Gayla, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Love you both. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Thank you.